0: You're locked into the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a good show lined up for you today. We're going to talk some college basketball. South Carolina State Hitman basketball coach, Murray Garvin, going to join us on the program. The Bulldogs got a big game, big game on Saturday against Norfolk State. Both teams a top The MIAC, and so we're going to be joined and talk with Murray Garvin today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Johnny Jones, the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern, joins us on the program as Texas Southern looks to remain. Atop the swags, been beset by some injuries this year. And if you remember last year, Texas Southern had a really, really good season, 24 and 14. Knocked off some big-time opponents. Uh, it started with the win against Baylor. Knocked off. Um, it was Oregon along the way, and then Texas A&M along the way didn't win the swag tournament, but participated in postseason play. In the CIT tournament, we have a, you know, we have a number, a number of different postseason tournaments, which, to be honest with you, I think is really good, especially for mid-major programs and smaller mid-major programs, if you will. It gives mid-major programs an opportunity to play some postseason, which it would otherwise not be afforded, because, I mean, as we know, the, pretty much the big schools play in the NCAA tournament for. The most part. I mean, you have some instances where you have some of the smaller schools that will make runs every now and again. But it's sort of few and far between. You know, more recently, you can look at um, you can look at the school out of Chicago. Uh, Name is escaping me right now. A couple of years ago. I mean, you can look at, you know, Butler once upon a time was sort of a mid-major. And that's the thing. We've had some schools that once upon a time were mid-majors that have now become powerhouses, Gonzaga, most notably. I mean, what uh, Gonzaga has done, um, to build that program in 20 years has been absolutely tremendous. As I mentioned, Butler now is in the big East. You have a lot of, you know, a lot of programs. I mean, some schools from the, that, that Missouri Valley conference, uh, now uh, sometimes getting two teams, three teams into the tournament. So I think it's a good thing when you have postseason and listen, Texas Southern made a nice run in the postseason winning three games in that CIT tournament. So, I mean, it's a great thing, uh, Texas Southern playing some decent basketball right now has won three straight games, has been beset, as I mentioned, by some injuries. So some of those games maybe that they won last year uh, didn't weren't able to win Uh, this year was competitive against some of the teams, uh, I think against Oregon was semi competitive. But I think Johnny Jones has done a tremendous job, of course, at one time, the head coach at LSU. So, again, Johnny Jones going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Pa- uh, Eli Manning. Eli Manning hanging it up after 16 years in the National Football League. Eli Manning hanging it up. And uh, we're going to talk uh, about Eli Manning. I know it's been a lot of talk as to whether Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't even, I, mean, I like, I don't even understand. Well, I mean, you can make the argument for him not being a Hall of Famer. I mean, there are some things that you can look at, that you could say, well, he, he shouldn't be uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. I don't think he's a first ballot guy. I, I, I definitely don't think he's a first ballot guy. But uh, when you're talking about, you know, and I've heard different people say this week, well, you, you know, how do you define the Hall of Fame? I mean, the the Hall of Fame is what it is. In other words, if something if a person or a player that played immediately comes to your mind, had a phenomenal career, did a lot of really great things, a standout player, had some great moments. That's generally what should constitute a Hall of Famer. But if you look at a lot of the players that are not in just in the in the in the football, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but in other Hall of Fames, it's it's not necessarily like that. So you have to base the criteria, I think you have to base the criteria a lot of times based upon who is already in the Hall of Fame based upon um, where we are with the Hall of Fame. Like, I mean, you can look at players like, you know, you know, you know, Jim Brown is is a Hall of Famer. Like, that's, I mean, that's not even open for debate. Um, You know, you look at, you know, once Aaron Rodgers is done, he's going to be, you know, a Hall of Famer. You you know, some, some of them are not open for debate. They're first ballot guys, right, that are typically... Uh, and, and, you know, should should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think, you know, a lot of times when you leave it open to writers that are that have 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 watched these guys over the years, I mean, it's all open to conjecture. It's all open to conjecture. But, you I know, mean, I think that when you look at the body of work of Eli Manning and what he was able to accomplish in his 16 years in the National Football League, he definitely is a Hall of Famer, ultimately not a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book. And I'm going to compare him with some of his contemporaries, some of the quarterbacks of the time. And we'll do that. Gonna, I don't think I have to. You know, I, I'm going to make the case for Eli Manning being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame today here uh-huh. on From the Press Box to Press Row. We can talk uh, NFL championship games on last week, had a couple of good games uh well not really but uh at the end of the day um you know you're looking at the Chiefs you're looking uh, uh of course at the 49ers should be a good matchup we'll talk a little bit more about that on the program today as well and also a sad note um Morgan Wooten uh the former Dematha boys basketball coach in Hyattsville Maryland in the Washington area coached. Some great players. I mean, some phenomenal players came through DeMatha, passed away in during the course of this week. And what uh, what a legacy that Morgan Wooten left. Um, I mean, you talk when you talk about basketball in the Washington area, which, you know, basketball in the Washington area, you're talking about some of the best basketball uh, from a high school perspective in The country, I mean, in the entire country, you're talking about from the Washington area. And that begins with, I think, Morgan Wooten, who did it for so long for DeMathic coach, some great players. Um, I mean, just some dynamite players and going to talk a little bit more about Morgan Wooten. Also today here on from the press box to press row. Join us on the conversation Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToro B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R R-O-W. You can also follow me uh, on my personal or get at me also at my personal Twitter account at d one at d one Also, uh, why don't you follow me on Instagram also, on Instagram as well. Uh, at where Donald that's at where Donald thank you to all of the wonderful and I mean wonderful affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row we also we always like to shout out uh, our affiliates here on the program some of our affiliates as a matter of fact you look at WRWS out of Daytona Beach Florida has been carrying the program Um, oh, maybe I, I don't know maybe three or four years or so um, you, you know, you look at you are talking about Florida. Uh, you look in Ormond Beach, Florida on W.E.L.E. Uh, W.E.L.E. has been carrying from the press box to press row. Boy, 12, 12 years, at least something like that. So big shots out to uh, those two stations, Daytona Beach and Ormond Beach, Florida, that carry from the press box to press row. Also, while we're in, while we're in Florida, how about W.U.R.K.? Uh, in Tampa, Florida, that carries the program also in, in WURK has been carrying the program maybe three years or so. How about W.T.A.L., who now has an FM signal at ninety nine point three. Congratulations, W.T.A.L. doing big things in the capital city of Florida in Tallahassee. Thank you uh, for carrying from the press box to press row. And uh, I tell you what, they like I said, they've been carrying the program maybe since 2008. Those that listen to us on SiriusXM XM channels 141 and 142 and those that listen to us around the world at box Let me talk a little bit about the legend that is Morgan Wooten, again, passing away at the age of 83 on Wednesday. And by the time his career was all said and done, had won one thousand two hundred and seventy four games to check this out. Think about that one. OK, that's one thing. Only lost. 192 games that was in 46 seasons he was the, the head boys uh, varsity coach also coached football uh, at dematha the basketball program much more uh, known than is the football program uh, i'm just looking at some of these he won 5 high school national championships 22 D.C. City titles and then uh, 32 uh, conference titles in the the Catholic League uh, in Washington, D.C. But I think even more impressive. uh, And that's impressive. I mean, I don't want to say more impressive. But if you think about some of the players that he coached um, along the way, I mean, he coached some great players along the way. Adrian Dantley, you know, Danny Ferry uh, was a disciple of. Uh, of of uh, Morgan Wooten James Brown the sportscaster uh, on CBS uh, a disciple of Morgan Wooten you look here locally we're in Raleigh you look locally uh, you talk about uh, with NC State you talk about Sidney Lowe you talk about Derek Wittenberg he coached both of them and you know coming up in the Washington area I mean a lot of really good basketball not only in the uh, the Catholic leagues really but in the not only in the a public school system in DC but also in the outlying areas Prince George's County Montgomery County some really good ball players uh, have come out of that area but I think the standard especially when Morgan Wooten was coaching was Dematha High School uh, uh, again, beating in 1965, the, the, the story, I heard the story many times about beating Power Memorial, a power memorial out of New York. Uh, had on that team uh, a gentleman by the name of Lou Alcindor. You better know him as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So what a loss that was again, Morgan Wooten passing away at the age of 83. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Texas Southern head men's basketball coach Johnny Jones and South Carolina State head men's basketball coach Murray Garvin. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah,
1: well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys.
0: Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This
1: is Michael Vick.
0: Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. And I was really um ready and serious I'm just really you know excited missed any of these interviews then check us out online at wwwbox rowcom that's from the press box to press row real relevant radio. you're listening to from the press box to
1: press row welcome back to
0: from the press box to press row still to come here on the program South Carolina State head men's basketball coach Murray Garvin, also Texas Southern head men's basketball coach Johnny Jones going to join us on the program in the last segment talking about the legacy of Morgan Wooten. I want to switch gears and talk about Eli Manning and a lot of talk. he's, he's, He's retired now and. Uh, 16 years in the National Football League, and I understand. I can understand some of the debate and some of the arguments as to maybe why not. I mean, you look at maybe the record. Uh, he's what 117 and 117 in terms of a starting quarterback in the regular season. As you may know or should know, if you if you follow you know the National Football League, generally the National Football League keeps uh, stats. Uh, in terms of regular season games separate from postseason games, unlike like college football. And I'm not trying to compare the two because you can't compare college and pro, but like college football, it's the stats no matter what game you play in. But, you know, they have postseason stats and then you have regular season stats. And for me, it's not all about the numbers. okay? but I'm going to read you the numbers Uh, when you look at Eli Manning in terms of, of passing yards all time. Fifty seven thousand twenty three yards. I believe that ranks him number seven uh, all time. Um, You know, we can go through all of these different numbers. He has three hundred and sixty six touchdowns to two hundred and forty four interceptions. If you if you care about passer rating, it's eighty four point one and all of those kind of things. Like I don't really in pro sports for me. And I've said this many, many times. The numbers are what they are. I don't care about the numbers. I mean, as much as, I mean, I like to use the numbers to show maybe how how some good somebody really was or maybe not so much for me. When I think about Eli Manning and, you know, obviously he was drafted back in 2004. He was the number one overall pick. That was a great quarterback class because also Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger, all were in that class. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on, uh, likening it to the class of 1983, John Elway, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, uh, all all Hall of Famers, obviously, and all should be, particularly uh, John Elway and Dan Marino, like no-brainers, in terms of being in the pro football hall of fame and, and Jim Kelly right there too no question about it you take a team to a super bowl four times i mean and and he was a great quarterback during his time had a chance obviously to see Eli Manning play and i think that's part of it like when you look at some of these guys and uh and i look at the list that uh, of, of players that are in the pro football hall of fame and i look and, and talking about quarterbacks you know more specifically like i wouldn't know about Bob Greasy or Norm Van Brocklin I mean from what I've read about YA Tittle from what I've read about them and just knowing the history of the National Football League I mean those are guys that are definitely should be in the Hall of Fame you look at Kenny Stabler I mean he just got in a little bit more recently that for whatever reason he wasn't uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame I mean I look at Bob Greasy I didn't have a chance to see Bob Greasy play Sonny Jurgensen but when I You know, again, read and research. I mean, those are guys that definitely should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Terry Bradshaw, he won four Super Bowls, should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I look at some Lynn Dawson, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, all of that. So you look at that. I mean, those are guys that you that immediately come to mind. Definitely should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, even though I didn't have a chance to see them play. I saw guys. Like Dan Marino, Joe Montana was absolutely phenomenal. Look at all of the Super Bowl wins. And generally speaking, you're gonna look at a lot of these guys and a lot of the quarterbacks that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and most of them are gonna have either Super Bowl or Championship on their resume in terms of wins. Joe Montana. I mean, even Joe Namath, you look at Joe Namath's numbers, ah, not great, but What Joe Namath did was he, you know, by him making that prediction that the Jets would win the Super Bowl over the mighty, powerful Baltimore Coats led by Johnny Unitas. Of course, Johnny Unitas should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No doubt. Again, another quarterback that I hadn't didn't see play. But you you know, you just know that Johnny Unitas should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You look at the numbers of Joe Namath not great but i mean at the end of the day he did something he he did something bigger than by making that prediction and then the jets going out and handling their business that game essentially created the merger with the then AFL and NFL that was an important game that he went he won went out and won and you know understanding not only that that he was a good quarterback again numbers aside and that's why i think you have to put numbers aside sometimes but let me give you the most important numbers to me, the most important numbers to me. When I look at Eli Manning in his career, and by the way, Peyton Manning, he definitely, I mean, you know, I mean, come on Peyton Manning, you know, Tom Brady, like I mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on, like, like those guys are first ballot hall of famers. No question about it. By the way, had a chance to see Warren moon play. I mean, in, and, and war, and unfortunately, with respect to Warren Moon, didn't get his true due because the stigma against black quarterbacks when Warren Moon was playing was so great that Warren Moon had to go to the CFL, proved what he could do in the CFL came to the NFL and had a Hall of Fame career. And I think when you combine, see, it's not the National Football League uh, Hall of Fame. It's the pro football hall of fame and the CFL is professional football. And you look at the numbers that Warren moon put up in the CFL and what not only the numbers, but what he was able to do in the CFL Combine that with, I mean, there's no doubt Warren moon should be a pro football hall of Famer. but getting back, this is, this is my deal with Eli Manning. I mean, you can talk to me about the record 117, 117. You can talk about the numbers. You can talk about all of that kind of stuff. I'm going to give you, um, these are the reasons, the true reasons, why Peyton Manning should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Again, not a first ballot guy. You look at that 2007 New York Giants team. Okay, uh, I believe it was a not, a, it was a wild card team, and I believe it was a six seed. Had to win four games, all on the road, and then in the big game, went up against the mighty and undefeated. New England Patriots in that football game. Like New England was getting ready to make history. And I get it. You know, you can look at that game specifically. The defense was Michael Strahan and all of those guys were absolutely tremendous. But you want to talk about numbers? Let me give you some numbers. Okay. In that particular season, okay, 854 yards passing, six touchdowns to one interception, just. within that season and not only that but the big throw that he made and the big catch it's like one of the greatest moments in the history of the Super Bowl okay so for those reasons um you know that's one of the reasons then I look at the 2011 season again going up against the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2012 look at the numbers 1,219 yards passing OK, nine touchdowns to one interception in another Super Bowl win and another huge play plays in the big game. I, you can talk to me all day about And And, and by the way, he was good. He, he, he was an Iron Man when he played. He was good. He helped to lead those Giants teams to divisional titles, to playoffs. I mean, in those 16 years. Uh, the Giants were in the playoffs six of those years. And remember, he started out kind of slow. He didn't, you know, that, that first year, I mean, he he took over uh, the reins for sort of like what's happening to Manning now. Manning did the same thing uh, to Kurt Warner. Uh, when Kurt Warner was an, old, was an older player, they thought he was done. He really wasn't done. But it was Eli Manning's time. So when I look at that, and you could talk to me about the numbers all day, I look at what he was able to do. Over the time frame of the 16 years, as an Iron Man, as a guy that won divisional championships, as a guy that helped to lead his team, um, that to help to lead his team to the playoffs, and then you talk about the two Super Bowl victories. Now, you take one of those Super Bowl victories out of the equation, and I would say probably the one in 2008 because it was so dramatic. Then maybe not. Certainly, if you take If you take both Super Bowls away, then Peyton Manning is definitely not a Hall of Famer. But you take one of those Super Bowls away, and most notably the one in 2008, because just so much drama behind that one, then he probably is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I look at the totality of his career, saw him play as a Skins fan, saw him play at least twice a year, if not more. The guy was was is a pro football hall of famer. Let's compare him with even the quarterbacks in his draft class. Uh you look at Ben roethlisberger So Ben roethlisberger has won two Super Bowls. The first uh he was just sort of on the team. The defense led that that team. It was under Bill Cower. He was I don't know first second year player and you know he he really wasn't he wasn't bad but he really wasn't that good. He was sort of Getting his feet wet, if you will, had some good weapons, and that was a tremendous defense when that Pittsburgh Steelers team won the Super Bowl the first time around. The second time around in 2009, that was uh, that was in part because of Ben Roethlisberger. And I look at, you know, I look at what Ben Roethlisberger has been able to do over the course of his career. I definitely would have Ben Roethlisberger uh, to me is no, you know, if you want to bring up the debate about Eli Manning, that's fine. To me, it's no debate about Roethlisberger being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame when his playing days are all said and done. Uh, again, in that draft class, I look at Phillip Rivers. Man, I don't know. I mean, I look at the numbers, great numbers. Uh, no super, Bowl, Not only no Super Bowl victories, but no Super Bowl appearances. I don't think that should define you. A Super Bowl win shouldn't necessarily define you uh, as a quarterback, but it certainly Helps you and that, of course, in the case, in my opinion, of Manning. But wow, I mean, he's got a lot of good numbers, you know, not a whole lot of playoff appearances, some really good teams. Uh, he's done some good things. I, you know, I don't know. I you know, I'm on the fence about Philip Rivers in terms of should is he a pro football Hall of Famer? I'm on the fence, but it's no doubt in my mind that Eli Manning is. And then, of course, Roethlisberger would be as well. Those three quarterbacks from that draft class your thoughts hit me up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w or on facebook b-o-x the number two r-o-w i gotta run thank you to johnny jones for joining us thank you to murray garvin for joining us as well today here on from the press box to press row and always remember to support those that support you from the press box to press row is presented by dw communications Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the Texas Southern Tigers 4-1 and in SWAC play. Currently on a three-game winning streak, have a home tilt against Mississippi Valley State on Saturday and in his second season as the head coach of the Tigers is Johnny Jones, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Jones, welcome back to the program. So oh, Thank you very much, and uh, certainly appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Your thoughts on the way the team is playing right now, Three straight victories. Again, you're 4-1 in SWAC play atop the SWAC at the current moment.
1: Well, we're excited about uh, our continuous growth. Uh, we've been playing without uh, two of, uh, of our uh, possible starters here in the last uh, one and over a month and lost our point guard uh, second game, I guess, of the uh, season prior to practice, a uh, little injury, and uh, but he's battling his way back. And with the absence of those guys and uh, – I guess just not having uh, them at full speed with the success
0: that we've had
1: have given us reason to really be excited uh, because I think our guys that that we have have done a tremendous job of gelling together, playing extremely hard, and and really filling in. And I guess they certainly use that next man up philosophy. uh, It really um, helped us. And I think the uh, tough non-conference schedule that we had uh, really prepared us uh, for some of the games that we've had this early part of the season without a couple of our guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, speaking of the early part of the season, and I realize we're we're midway through uh, the season. Last year we had you on the program. I can't remember if it was after you beat Baylor or maybe – I think it was after Baylor because you had Gonzaga up next. But if you look at last season, you had wins against Baylor – Oregon Texas A&M you guys were in postseason play in the CIT tournament where you won three games 24 and 14 on last year talk a, l- a little bit about last year and just you know how uh how your team performed again winning 24 games and winning in postseason play
1: so we're very fortunate to uh get Jalen Patterson guy whose season that played uh there at LSU actually played for me there Jeremy Combs had transferred in LSU, you did not have a chance to uh coach him there I was going, but he transferred in here and you're talking about two season vets the guys who've been through the wars played at a high major level and they came in and did an excellent job of uh, along with the chemistry and gelling together and gave us an opportunity early on last year to play at a high level uh with with those guys They came in really impact their team along with uh, several of the other guys that were returning. Uh, from last year's team, and we so we went in a couple of environments there to Oregon um Texas a and and at uh, Baylor, and uh, performed and played uh, extremely well uh, in those games and had to to win in those figures. Uh, this year I thought we did a great job of going back into uh, uh, Oregon. We came up short, uh, but we really battled them, and I think they were like rated seventh or eighth in the country uh, this year, and we came up short in the game but it showed our kids that uh, they could still uh, compete at a certain level, especially with the new guys we had, minus uh, the guys who'd really impacted our team uh, the year before. So uh, with that being said, I think those are some of the things that really helped this basketball team uh, compete at a high level, especially in conference play. And then when we were fortunate enough to get into the CIT uh, last year, we had to play three straight road games at New Orleans, um, I think at Rio Grande Valley and then at uh, Wisconsin Green Bay, uh, none of those venues, who um, uh, was anything that our kids weren't familiar with or shied away from. And uh, we had an opportunity to be at a high level, I'm sorry, at Louisiana Monroe uh, mm-hmm. as well prior to losing at, uh, at Wisconsin Green Bay. uh on last second shot, you know, we have been in the finals uh, of that league. But uh Credit to our guys and uh, the way they performed and the way they compete and the way that they have uh, really gel and bundled with each other uh, from last year helped us and I think it's carrying over to uh, the uh, conference part of this series and as well.
0: Doesn't that speak, Coach Jones, to the le- and it was your first year in the SWAC last year to the level of play in the SWAC because to your point, the the win against Baylor, Oregon, Texas A&M, all high major schools, CIT competition where you advanced very far, yet you didn't win the, the SWAC tournament. Doesn't that speak to how good SWAC basketball is?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think the great thing about it is uh, it, it's a very competitive league, and I tell people that all the time. You know, the games are, especially last year, uh, I thought uh, that there are a few teams that um, probably on certain given nights you knew you had a, a big chance if you just went in and played well. You'd win for the league. The scores are so much closer uh, this year and the teams are so much more competitive. And, again, last year I thought we did a great job uh, during the uh, preseason uh, portion of our schedule and getting the conference play and dropped four of the conference games. That they, the team that won the league uh, was 17-1 and one in Prayer View, and we were fortunate enough to beat them at home and had to come back from 21 uh, to win that game. So it's uh, uh, certainly a competitive league, and um, you have to be ready to play every night and, and, and or any given night somebody can uh, certainly uh, step up there and uh, knock you off. uh, But I've learned that to be in any league, uh, you know, obviously that that happens, uh, especially in conference play, because doing non-conference is one thing, but I think when you get to conference play and you plan for that championship, and especially in a league like this, uh, that that the level of play uh, certainly goes up and the intensity level is even higher.
0: The voice of Johnny Jones in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Road. The Tigers are 4-1 and one in conference play. Got a home tilt on Saturday against Mississippi Valley State. Let's talk personnel, uh, Coach Jones. Of course, you're led uh, right now by the play of Tyreek Armstrong, averaging 14.6 points per game. Talk about his play and then some of the other guys that are stepping up for you this year.
1: You know, Tyreek's been a very important and integral part of our program. Last year he came in as a walk on, unrecruited kid, found himself in the starting lineup about midway through the uh season. And we put him on scholarship during the off season and uh he certainly felt and he's done a tremendous job into playing and killing the point. Unfortunately for us, uh prior to our second game of the season he wound up getting hurt. Uh and uh was out for a couple of games. Uh, because of injuries, but certainly made an impact on our team last year. He's been preseason picked first team all conference uh, guy uh, as well. My son John, um, it's uh, getting off to a great start, and uh, it, it's been really good for us. And had some good games and start at the uh, uh, two guard position for us. And uh, Hopkins, who we had to put primarily at the four last year because of our limited pick guys, uh, his natural position is the three. So uh we've been able to uh play him at his natural position three and uh he's certainly uh, done a tremendous job and we've uh got a kid that we came in that uh uh yeah, who's a rossius? Yes, we thought that we was gonna redshirt this year and he's practically started every game at the uh four fours uh from junior college and he's got three years left and was fortunate enough to get him and he's really impacted our team and leaders and rebounding and field goal percentage and all those things. So uh, we're very fortunate. And really what we do have this year that we weren't privy of last year, is we've got great depth uh, with this team. We've got um, John Walker, who's hurt right now, transferred from Texas A&M about 6'10". He's been out, but he certainly impacted our team in the beginning of the year. Uh, Jethro uh, transferred uh, from Mississippi State 6'10", about 260, is helping us in the post that gives us much more depth uh, in, in insight than we had a year ago and Chris Baldwin, who transferred from UMass. We've had some monster game fours, including the hip big game at um, Oregon as well. So the depth of our basketball team is a huge plus for us. It's something we didn't have last year, and I think it's going to be something that's going to propel us and help us as we continue to go through the season.
0: How is it coaching your son, John? Are you a little bit harder on him? I mean, he had 27 points against Arizona State.
1: Yep, yeah, it's been great. Uh, the relationship's been good. It's something I've always looked forward to. I've always been uh, in college basketball, Division One coaching uh, since he was born, and so it's been difficult for me to be hands-on because of the rules by the NCAA in terms of team settings, so. God has really blessed us, uh, to be together and, uh, he's, uh, he had a tremendous high school career where won three state championships and, uh, uh, was out at Nevada with me when I was an assistant out there with Eric Musselman for a year. We were able to win the conference championship and get to the Sweet 16. So I'm hopeful, uh, that, uh, he rubs some of that juice off on us here at uh, Texas Southern and, uh, we can, he can be a part of championships here as well. So. It's been really good. Uh, it, it, it's unique, uh, and I've always asked coaches how it was, from Tubby Smith to uh, Steve Alford, and those guys, and uh, they just tell me what what a great experience it was for them. And I'm having a chance to experience it myself now as well.
0: Johnny Jones, the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern, joins us here on the program. A couple of more thoughts, Coach Jones. We appreciate the time. Your thoughts. Uh, What is it going to take to get the win against Mississippi Valley State and for your team, maybe not to sleep on them, even though they're struggling at this moment?
1: Well, I have uh, many stories for guys because I've been in the business for uh, 30-plus years. You've seen everything, so you can't take anybody lightly. You've certainly got to prepare as best you can uh, for all of your opponents. Lindsey Hunter, who's the head coach there, has been in the NBA. He's been around. He's played it. He's coached an interim coach there at Phoenix understand it has a son that's playing for him uh, that does a tremendous job and and these guys games have really been blowouts in conference play they've been close and uh, uh, we've got to make sure that we're prepared and ready uh, and and not give anybody confidence and when they come in here Saturday uh, it's the most important game on our schedule one it's the next game and we know that we've got to try to hold serve here at home so we've got to make sure that we get off to a great start uh, with this group we've got to One, control the tempo. They're a good shooting basketball team uh, from the three line, and they can get going. We've got to control the three line and then make sure that we control the paint. And if we can win the war in the paint, win the war in the glass, take care of the basketball, we think we can have a successful evening.
0: And then lastly, one one of your former players anyway that you coached at LSU, uh, Ben Simmons, of course, with the 76ers. Your thoughts on how he's playing so far this year?
1: Is so excited for being, and I'm, I'm grateful and really excited that uh, I had a chance to go and watch him play when they came here to Houston uh, last year uh, as well. And, and it's almost as though that uh, they've got it figured out, uh, which we were fortunate enough to do early on. It's not about how many threes he shoot, it's how he impact the game from his position. And from the point guard position, he's been able to get assists, take care of the basketball, create opportunities for his teammates, he can rebound the basketball. At the end of the night, he can get you 20 plus points. He's going to shoot 50 to 60% or so from the field. And I think when you do that, you can write those numbers in the book before the game starts. I think you really have to concentrate more about the other guys on, on your team because he's really an unselfish player. He's not a selfish guy trying to get his. He, his biggest deal is he won't assist, he won't rebound the basketball. And I think he's one of the best defenders out there, too. that – really goes unnoticed for a guy that's 6'10 with his length uh, and his smartness, and he just uh, really have uh, unbelievable feet uh, that he can cover in space uh, as well. So I'm really, really happy for him, and I think you can just continue along those lines. He's already an all-star. I just think in a few years they'll be talking about a guy that uh, could be a Hall of Fame status uh, because he's he's got all the twos, and it's not going to be about the threes that he shoots, but the impact the way he's going to be able to impact his team
0: uh, for years to come. Second year, Texas Southern head men's basketball coach Johnny Jones joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Again, the Tigers 4-1 and in conference play, hosting Mississippi Valley State on Saturday. Coach Jones, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Tigers.
1: Appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on, and go Tigers.
0: South Carolina State head men's basketball coach Murray Garvin is up Next. BoxToRow.com box is the website for all of your HBCU
1: sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to row.com has you covered. Ooh. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? To row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches' polls. From the Press Box
0: to Press Row. And
1: box to row.com Your HBCU sports leader it's donald ware from the press box to press row
0: welcome back to from the press box to press row still to come here on the program south carolina state head men's basketball coach murray garvin also texas southern head men's basketball coach johnny jones going to join us on the program in the last segment, talking about the legacy of Morgan Wooten, I want to switch gears and talk about Eli Manning and a lot of talk. He's retired now and 16 years in the National Football League. And I understand, I can understand some of the debate and some of the arguments as to maybe why not. I mean, you look at maybe the record. He's, what, 117 and 117 in terms of, a starting quarterback in the regular season as you may know or should know if you if you follow you know the National Football League generally the National Football League keeps uh, stats uh, in terms of regular season games separate from postseason games unlike like college football and I'm not trying to compare the two because you can't compare college and pro but like college football it's the stats no matter what game you play in but you know they have Postseason stats, and then you have regular season stats. And for me, it's not all about the numbers, okay? But I'm going to read you the numbers. Uh, when you look at Eli Manning in terms of, of passing yards all time, 57,023 yards. I believe that ranks him number seven uh, all time. Um, you know, we can go through all of these different numbers. He has 366 touchdowns to 244 interceptions. If you, if you care about passer rating, it's 84.1 and all of those kind of things. Like I don't really in pro sports for me. And I've said this many, many times, the numbers are what they are. I don't care about the numbers. I mean, as much as, I mean, I like to use the numbers to show maybe how, how some good somebody really was, or maybe not so much for me. When I think about Eli Manning, and, you know, obviously he was drafted back in 2004. He was the number one overall pick. That was a great quarterback class because also Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger all were in that class. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on, uh, likening it to the class of 1983 John Elway, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, uh, all, all Hall of Famers, obviously and all should be particularly uh John Elway and Dan Marino like no brainers in terms of being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and and Jim Kelly right there too no question about it you take a team to a Super Bowl four times i mean and and he was a great quarterback during his time had a chance obviously to see Eli Manning play and i think that's part of it like when you look at some of these guys and uh and i look at the list that uh, of, of players that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I look and talking about quarterbacks, you know, more specifically. Like I wouldn't know about Bob greasy or Norm Van Brocklin. I mean, from what I've read about Y.A. Tittle, from what I've read about them, and just knowing the history of the National Football League. I mean, those are guys that are definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. You look at Kenny Stabler. I mean, he just got in a little bit more recently that for whatever reason, he wasn't uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, I look at Bob Grease. I didn't have a chance to see Bob Greasy play Sonny Jurgensen. But when I, you know, again, read and research, I mean, those are guys that definitely should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Terry Bradshaw, he won four Super Bowls, should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I look at some Lynn Dawson, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, All of that. So you look at that. I mean, those are guys that you that immediately come to mind. Definitely should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, even though I didn't have a chance to see them play. I saw guys like Dan Marino. Joe Montana was absolutely phenomenal. Look at all of the Super Bowl wins. And generally speaking, you're going to look at a lot of these guys and a lot of the quarterbacks that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And most of them are going to have either Super Bowl or championship on their resume in terms of wins. Joe Montana. I mean, even Joe Namath. You look at Joe Namath's numbers, ah, not great. But what Joe Namath did was. He you know, by him making that prediction that the Jets would win the Super Bowl over the mighty, powerful Baltimore Coats led by Johnny Unitas. Of course, Johnny Unitas should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No doubt. Again, another quarterback that I hadn't didn't see play. But you you know, you just know that Johnny Unitas should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You look at the numbers of Joe Namath. Not great. But I mean, at the end of the day, he did something he he did something bigger than by making that prediction. And then the Jets going out and handling their business. That game essentially created the merger with the then AFL and NFL. That was an important game that he went. He won and went out and won. And, you know, understanding not only that, that he was a good quarterback again, numbers aside. And that's why I think you have to put numbers aside sometimes. But let me give you the most important numbers to me. The most important numbers to me when I look at Eli Manning in his career. And by the way, Peyton Manning, definitely, I mean, you know, I mean, come on. Peyton Manning, you know, Tom Brady, like I mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on, like like those guys are first ballot Hall of Famers. No question about it. By the way, had a chance to see Warren Moon play. I mean, and, and, Warren, and unfortunately, with respect to Warren Moon didn't get his true due because the stigma against black quarterbacks when Warren Moon was playing was so great that Warren Moon had to go to the CFL, proved what he could do in the CFL, came to the NFL and had a Hall of Fame career. And I think when you combine, see, it's not the National Football League uh, Hall of Fame. It's the pro football hall of fame and the CFL is professional football. And you look at the numbers that Warren moon put up in the CFL and what, not only the numbers, but what he was able to do in the CFL Combine that with, I mean, it's no doubt Warren moon should be a pro football hall of fame, but getting back, this is, this is my deal with Eli Manning. I mean, you can talk to me about the record 117, 117. You can talk about the numbers. You can talk about all of that kind of stuff. I'm going to give you, um, these are the reasons, the true reasons why Peyton Manning should be in the pro football hall of fame. Again, not a first ballot guy. You look at that 2007 New York giants team. Okay. Uh, I believe it was a not, a, it was a wild card team. And I believe it was a six seed had to win four games all on the road. And then in the big game went up against the mighty and undefeated, New England Patriots in that football game. Like New England was getting ready to make history. And I get it. You know, you can look at that game specifically. The defense was Michael Strahan and all of those guys were absolutely tremendous. But you want to talk about numbers? Let me give you some numbers. Okay. In that particular season, okay, 854 yards passing, six touchdowns to one interception, just. within that season and not only that but the big throw that he made and the big catch it's like one of the greatest moments in the history of the Super Bowl okay so for those reasons um you know that's one of the reasons then I look at the 2011 season again going up against the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2012 look at the numbers 1,219 yards passing Okay, nine touchdowns to one interception in another Super Bowl win, and another huge play plays in the big game i you can talk to me all day about and and, and by the way, he was good he he, he was an iron man when he played, he was good, he helped to lead those giants teams to divisional titles to playoffs I mean in those sixteen years. Uh, the Giants were in the playoffs six of those years, and remember, he started out kind of slow. He didn't, you know, that that first year. I mean, he he took over uh, the reins for sort of like what's happening to Manning now. Manning did the same thing uh, to Kurt Warner uh, when Kurt Warner was an old was an older player. They thought he was done. He really wasn't done, but it was Eli Manning's time. So when I look at that, and you could talk to me about the numbers all day. I look at what he was able to do over the time frame of the 16 years as an iron man as a guy that won divisional championships as a guy that helped to lead his team um that to help to lead his team to the playoffs and then you talk about the two super bowl victories now you take one of those super bowl victories out of the equation and i would say probably the one in 2008 because it was so dramatic then maybe not certainly if you take If you take both Super Bowls away, then Peyton Manning is definitely not a Hall of Famer. But you take one of those Super Bowls away, and most notably the one in 2008, because just so much drama behind that one, then he probably is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I look at the totality of his career, saw him play as a Skins fan, saw him play at least twice a year, if not more. The guy was was is a pro football hall of famer let's compare him with even the quarterbacks in his draft class uh you look at ben roethlisberger so ben roethlisberger has won two super bowls the first uh he was just sort of on the team the defense led that that team it was under bill Cowher. he was i don't know first second year player and you know he he really wasn't he wasn't bad but he really wasn't that good he was sort of Getting his feet wet, if you will, had some good weapons, and that was a tremendous defense when that Pittsburgh Steelers team won the Super Bowl the first time around. The second time around in 2009, that was uh, that was in part because of Ben Roethlisberger. And I look at, you know, I look at what Ben Roethlisberger has been able to do over the course of his career. I definitely would have Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, to me, it's no. You know, if you want to bring up the debate about Eli Manning, that's fine. To me, it's no debate about Roethlisberger being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame when his playing days are all said and done. Uh, again, in that draft class, I look at Phillip Rivers. Man, I don't know. I mean, I look at the numbers, great numbers. Uh, no Super Bowl, Not only no Super Bowl victories, but no Super Bowl appearances. I don't think that should define you. A Super Bowl win shouldn't necessarily define you uh, as a quarterback, but it certainly Helps you. And that, of course, in the case, in my opinion, of Manning. But wow, I mean, he's got a lot of good numbers, you know, not a whole lot of playoff appearances, some really good teams. Uh, He's done some good things. You know, I don't know. I you know, I'm on the fence about Philip Rivers in terms of should is he a pro football Hall of Famer? I'm on the fence, but it's no doubt in my mind that Eli Manning is. And then, of course, Roethlisberger would be as well. Those three quarterbacks from that draft class your thoughts hit me up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w or on facebook b-o-x the number two r-o-w i gotta run thank you to johnny jones for joining us thank you to murray garvin for joining us as well today here on from the press box to press row and always remember to support those that support you from the press box to press row is presented by dw communications